Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your week. It is Tuesday. It's June 1st. Hard to believe we're already five months through the year. Hope that you had a wonderful long weekend, Memorial Day weekend once again. Thank you to all the servicemen and women who we celebrated yesterday, uh, who have been in the military, are in the military, or gave the ultimate sacrifice for us to enjoy all these freedoms that we get to enjoy. Uh, But it is the start of a new week. It's the start of a new month. And yes, it is another day after a Grizzlies playoff game. This time, the Grizzlies do lose 120 to 113. But in all honesty, there should be no reason to feel negative about last night's game. The better team simply won, and that was the Utah Jazz once again showing why they were the best team in the NBA. But so many positives to take away from this Grizzlies game. Though they are now facing elimination, the Grizzlies continue to show that they absolutely belong on the same court as the Utah Jazz, and they do certainly belong in the NBA playoffs, even if they may be a bit ahead of schedule. In this episode, we're going to talk about Game 4 in Segment 1 of the show. In Segment 2, we're going to talk about how Jaron Jackson Jr., though it may not feel like it, certainly had a bit of a breakout game, a semi-mini breakout game, whatever you want to call it, but it came in multiple ways that should certainly add a lot of encouragement to his overall level of play as he continues to progress this season. And In Segment 3, we'll discuss how the Grizzlies team overall continues to incrementally improve parts of their game, which shows the experience that they're gaining from this playoff series. It's not necessarily something that's going to benefit them down the road. They're already showing that it's benefiting them now. My name is Sean Coleman. I'm a credential media member with the Grizzlies. I've been covering the Grizzlies for nearly three years over at Grizzly Bear Blues, the great group of folks over there. And I've been on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast now for over a year, bringing you the latest news insight, information, and honest truth when it comes to the Grizzlies. Your Grizzlies every day, the only place that you will get your Grizzlies, the latest on your Grizzlies every single day here at the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. You can find the show at Locked On Grizz, myself at Stats SAC, the podcast wherever it's available. Uh, that's where we will be. We ask that you listen, review, subscribe, let us know what you think of the show. We always want to make sure we're offering content that is relevant to our listeners' preferences. We want to remind you also the show is brought to you by The Locker Room. Changing the way we talk about sports, head to either the Android App Store or the iOS App Store. Download the free app, create your profile, get into the chat room, join us every Thursday for Let's Talk Grizzness via the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So the Grizzlies last night, going into Game 4, we talked about it multiple times between Game 3 and in Game 4, the big thing that the Grizzlies had to do in order to at least put themselves in a better position to win, in a better position to change the course, was have a better opening quarter. And that's exactly what they did. The Grizzlies were able to get out and run with the Jazz, being able to get some early opportunities. The Jazz were right there. They were able to balance their two-point shots with their three-point shots, but the Grizzlies did at least a semi-good job after an initial wave of threes. They did at least a, a bit of a better job not letting the Jazz absolutely dictate the momentum of the game by continuing to hit big threes because the Grizzlies themselves continued to find offensive success, not necessarily from three to start the quarter, but getting into the lane, getting to the rim, Dylan and Jaw finding their ways and, and then Jonas and uh, Kyle Anderson and Jaron working off of that to be able to find ways to stick with the Jazz. And then 
as I had discussed on the show yesterday, it was actually Grayson Allen that came in as the first substitute instead of Desmond Bain because of Allen's continued success shooting the ball, and he came right in, and Desmond Bain followed him. Coach Taylor Jenkins went with an aggressive offensive approach to try to get the rhythm going early from three, and it worked. Grayson Allen made an early three, Desmond Bade made an early three, and at the end of the first quarter, the Jazz were up 34-31, but the Grizzlies had done their job in getting off to a much better start so that the Jazz did not, you know, create a hole that was too big for the Grizzlies to get out of or that the Jazz did not dictate the rhythm of the game early. In the second quarter, the Grizzlies did get behind a little bit. You know, their bench players, you know, still were struggling, though they did come in and provide a bit of shooting relief, but once the starters came Came back in, though the Jazz extended the lead by 8-10. to 10. Donovan Mitchell was certainly finding his success from the field as others were in supporting him, and Rudy Gobert was out with a bit of foul trouble. The Grizzlies did work their way back. The Jazz did hit some threes to go up by as much as 10 points, I believe, in the second quarter, but John Morant ended the quarter strong with four, with four consecutive points, the last four points of the half, and the Grizzlies went into halftime. 59 to 54. Overall, you know, it was clear the Grizzlies' offensive approach was a bit better. There was a bit more consistency, a bit more effectiveness with their offensive flow. The problem was was that the Grizzlies did struggle a bit still when it came to defense. It just seemed like every time the Jazz, the Grizzlies were able to get something going offensively, the Jazz would be able to find their success um, with with another three or with a quick bucket or two, and the Grizzlies just could never get to within more than three to five points of the Jazz. So at halftime, it was 59-54, to 54, but John was supported by good halves from Jaron, another good half from Dylan, though he said, though he said, with three fouls, he had a good offensive half. He had, I believe, 10 points in the first half offensively. But another good thing about this Grizzlies team is that they were without Dylan for the final six minutes of the first quarter, yet they were only yet they were able to prevent the Jazz from gaining the big lead. The Jazz only had a plus one point differential when Dylan Brooks was out the last six minutes of this first half. But in the second half, the Jazz made their adjustments. Coach Taylor Jenkins in a move that many may not have felt was intelligent, I actually feel he just simply was doing what he needed to do. He switched Dylan Brooks onto Bojan Bogdanovic and put Grayson Allen and others on Donovan Mitchell. Well, unfortunately, this is what makes the Jazz so good. They quickly identified the weakness in their opposition's defense and find ways to continue to expose it, and that's exactly what they did. Donovan Mitchell getting to the line as well as from two-point shots. He was able to consistently keep the Jazz's offensive going. The Grizzlies offense in general in the third quarter, the Grizzlies offense actually scored 33 points in the third quarter, but they had zero threes themselves. The Jazz had, I believe, five or six threes. Donovan Mitchell was finding success in the third quarter. Jordan Clarkson was backing him up, finding success from three as well, and the Jazz were able to score 41 points in the third quarter, and at and due to a and due to a um, Jordan Clarkson three at the end of the third, were able to lead one hundred to eighty seven. But at the end of the day, this Grizzlies team, the thing that has defined them all season long, is their resiliency in making comebacks, and that's what they did once again. But even more so, as I mentioned last week during the playing games, one other thing about this Grizzlies team 
is that it doesn't matter who does the job as long as the job gets done. And this time, it was DeAnthony Melton. A lot like the Raptors game during the regular season where the Grizzlies were just badly needing to win on the road. And DeAnthony Melton stepped up and made 15 or scored 15 points off five threes to seal the game for the Grizzlies in that fourth quarter to beat the Raptors. In this game, DeAnthony Melton, 15 points in the first seven minutes of the fourth quarter. His only points of the game via, I believe, three threes from DeAnthony Melton. He just absolutely was a force at one point outscoring the Jazz 15 to 9 by himself, 15-9 by himself in the first five or six minutes of the quarter, and he got the Grizzlies to within, all the way to within two points, and then, of course, there was a timeout with four minutes left in the quarter, and the Jazz were up 109-106. It was a great and valiant effort by DeAnthony Melton to step up, just like Grayson Allen did in Game 3. The Grizzlies had to have somebody step up off the bench and deliver, and DeAnthony Melton did just that. Unfortunately, after that surge, the Jazz once again were able to find the defensive stops that they needed to. They were able to outscore the Grizzlies 11-6 to over the final four minutes, and they were able to get the victory 120-113. to Once again, the reason why the Jazz were able to get the victory is because they had to play at their near their best for much of the game to be able to get it. And the Jazz's best is just simply significantly better than the Grizzlies' best. I know we keep saying that. But the fact that we keep saying that is a win in itself for the Grizzlies because it shows this Grizzlies team continues to find ways to make these games competitive. And it's in different ways. Yes, the Jazz were 17 of 34 from three. They made seven more threes than the Grizzlies. They also were 25 of 28 from the line. Eight more free throws and eight more attempts than the Grizzlies. That was the difference in the game. The, the Jazz being able to be more consistent in terms of the depth of their offense, shooting the three at a better rate than the Grizzlies, and being able to get to the line. They also had the best player on the court in Donovan Mitchell. But the Jazz also did a successful job in taking John Morant away as the primary scorer. They were not going to allow for him to take over the game at stretches and be the reason why the Grizzlies were able to step up. But the Grizzlies were able to counter. They were able to adjust, and others were able to step up. John Morant had 12 assists last night. Dylan Brooks, another efficient night. 21 points on 7 of 15 shooting. Another bench player stepped up and delivered clutch minutes into Anthony Melton in the fourth quarter, supported by other bench players when it came to shooting the threes in Bain and Allen. And then, of course, the other big thing that stood out last night, though it may not have seemed like it, it may not have seemed like it truly was a very good, arguably, breakout game for him was to play on both ends of the court for Jaron Jackson Jr. Last night, with the Jazz taking away the Grizzlies' best player in terms of him being able to be dominant like he had been at times in the first three games, the Grizzlies had to find other players to step up. No other player stepped up more than Jaron Jackson Jr., and it was a very, very satisfying effort from him and a needed one from him to show just how big of an impact he truly can make. Coming up, we're going to look at how Jaron's improvement last night truly is another box checked. It's another added benefit of this playoff series as he offered a reminder to many Grizzlies fans and others who were watching the game last night of just how impactful he can be and how much potential he has as a critical part of the Grizzlies' future. Imagine you 
Yes, you. You are the hiring manager for your company, and what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster, only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications, and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with the hiring the right talent fast and easy with tools like Indeed Instant Match. Giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately and Indeed skills tested on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests and add your must-have requirements so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit. A $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Team Terms and conditions apply. Listen, the summer's are right around the corner, and that probably means that if we're going to be outside more in the heat and just be outside enjoying the weather, we probably want to be the healthiest we can be. And yes, that means exercising, that means running, that means doing all that you can to be in the best shape that you can be in. But it's also eating right and making small yet significant commitments each day to live a healthy lifestyle. One way to enjoy that is through a tasty snack, and that's Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar out there on the market. The thing about it is is that you can enjoy it in the morning for breakfast. You can enjoy it in the afternoon as a snack, before or after a workout, whenever you choose to enjoy it. If you go to BuiltBar.com, there's over 18 different flavors from which you can choose to enjoy. No matter your taste preferences, there's going to be an option for you there. And also, if you go to BuiltBar.com. You put in the promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your next order from BuiltBar. Once you make BuiltBar a part of your day, it's going to be there to stay. Go to BuiltBar.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order from BuiltBar. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and it's 2.6 calories and not and 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season with Michelob Ultra. So obviously, the Grizzlies in Game Four, the offense was more consistent. We talked about, you know, they talked about it in the post-game press conference this past Saturday night. John Morant, or excuse me, Taylor Jenkins mentioned it. Uh, Grayson Allen, uh, Dylan Brooks mentioned it. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. himself mentioned it. They all mentioned they were going to be ready for game four, but that the team had to play a full 48. They had to get off to a better start, and that's exactly what they did. And the thing is, is that the defense stepped up as well. We'll talk about that a bit more in the third segment. But the big takeaway from last night was that John Morant, overall, was not going to be the reason why this Grizzlies team was able to win the game. John Morant came into last night as the third leading scorer in the in the NBA playoffs. The third leading scorer in the NBA playoffs up until this point. Against arguably the best defense in the league. Defense has not been there much this series for either teams, but the fact that John Morant 
was third in the NBA playoffs in scoring through this first round shows just how spectacular he has been, especially in the second half of games to lead these Grizzlies comebacks. But that's the thing about it, is that as I mentioned on yesterday's episode, the Jazz were not going to allow for that to happen again. They made it a purpose. They made it their priority that John Morant would not be the reason why, if the Grizzlies were going to make a comeback, it would not be because of him taking over the game. And they did it. John was 8 of 21 from the field, 107 from 3. And so the Jazz did their job. They made others step up and be the reason why the Grizzlies were able to have their comeback. And the Grizzlies players did exactly that. DeAnthony Melton, Dylan Brooks, Jonas Valanciunas, those players all stepped up. But the big revelation from Game 4 is the one that many had been waiting for. And that was an improved and impactful performance by Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, it may not seem like it. It may have seemed at times that Jaron Jackson Jr., you know, his shots weren't falling. He was only 3 of 10 from 3. And that certainly is true. There were a few opportunities where Jaron Jackson Jr. could have made a big momentum-shifting 3 and the shot just did not fall. That certainly is true from last night's game. But it must be highlighted, if we're going to highlight the unfortunate negative of his shots not falling, we must also couple it with the fact that his improvement between the first three games and game four was significant. It was it was very, very relevant that Jaron Jackson Jr. was much closer to the Jaron Jackson Jr. that we that we got just a small glimpse of in the bubble to end last year than the Jaron Jackson Jr. we had seen trying to get back, you know, in game playing shape or getting back into his normal self over the course of this season since he's returned from injury. And the stats certainly back it up as well. Consider the fact that on offense. Jaron Jackson Jr. threw these through his first three games. Two of eight from the field, one of five from three in game one. Game two, three of six from the field, one of two from three. And then game three, three eleven from the field, and one of five from three. So his involvement certainly has improved. Coach Jenkins has hinted at the fact that when he gets the ball, they do want him to shoot. They want him to be aggressive. And that's what he's done. He's gotten more and more aggressive. But going from 3 of 11 from the field in game three and one of five from three, in which he himself was, you know, not really adding a lot of value. You know, he had not really added tons of value since the regular season have ended. To go from 3 of 11 in the, from the field in game three and one of five from three, he was to 9 of 18 from the field in game four and 3 of 10 from 3, despite the shots not falling from 3, it was a huge leap, a huge positive leap. Jaron became an offensive source of impact that the Jazz had to recognize, and they did. Despite the threes not falling, Jaron was 6 of 8 six of eight from inside the arc, including 4 of 7 from the field when guarded by Rudy Gobert. The Grizzlies, have, especially in the second quarter, the Grizzlies have consistently played Jaron at the five against Rudy Gobert because that is their best 
potential of still having a difference maker at the five spot when Jonas is getting rest. And yes, there have been times where it was not advantageous. Through the first three games of this series, there were times where Rudy Gobert had his way. He made a big difference because Jaron was the one that was gardening. But in game four, Jaron stepped up his game and was able to go at Rudy consistently and was four of seven from the field against Rudy Gobert in game four. And it made a big difference. It was a reason why the Jazz were not able to get their usual benefit of improving their play or having a positive impact on the score like they did in in game two and game three. They weren't able to have that same positive impact in game four because of how well Jaron played at the five versus Rudy directly. But the other thing about last night was that it wasn't just the offensive game of Jaron that made the key difference. His defensive game, and not just in terms of impactful plays, not just in terms of two or three plays that shifted the momentum and the rest of the time he was a a liability, it was the fact that he was a consistent asset on defense that stood out. Jaron was truly a two-way difference maker last night, which has been one of the biggest things that the Grizzlies and obviously the fan base have hoped would improve about his play. Consider this. In game one, when Jaron Jackson Jr. was the primary defender against a Jazz offensive player, the Jazz offensive players were 7 of 12 for the field. In game two, They were 8 of 16. But once the Grizzlies returned home, in Game 3, the Jazz players were only 4 of 11. And then in Game 4, they were only 2 of 10. Over the past two games, when Jaron Jackson Jr. is the Grizzlies' primary defender on a Jazz's offensive player, the Jazz are 6 of 21 from the field against Jaron, and that included 1 of 4 last night from 3 in Game 4. Another big thing is, is he's not fouling out. Yes, he's had four more fouls, or he had four more fouls. Yes, he's had four more fouls in each of the four games. But he's not fouled out. He's played 25 or more minutes each game. He's produced five steals, three blocks, and a 5-4 to four turnover ratio. The significant positive impact from Jaron didn't show up until last night but he's incrementally gotten better with each playoff game. And that is a huge, huge development from this playoff series. We talk about the experience that this Grizzlies team, how invaluable this experience is for this Grizzlies team coming out of this playoff series. And this is one of the biggest areas where that experience is paying off. Not in the future, but right now. It's Jaron getting back to himself, not just offensively, but defensively, and it's the parts of his game that support his shot. His three-point shot is not falling. He is now 5 of 22 in the series on his three-point shot. But yet he still has consistently gotten better, gotten better both offensively in terms of how he's adjusting his game to still remain productive besides his three-point shot not falling, and of course also defensively. And it's not just the impact plays, it's his consistency on defense that has been there the past two games. So I know overall that there has been a bit of a disappointment in how Jaron has played since he's returned from his injury. I get it, but that was to be expected. 
if you came into the end of this season when Jaron Jackson Jr. returned, expecting for him to be where he was in the bubble, that just was not logical. That 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 was that was a fantastical idea. It was just going to be hard for him to do that, having been off for as long as he was. But the fact that he now on the biggest stage that this Grizzlies team has played in his career, and they're playing it against the toughest competition they played all year. The fact that even against that, Jaron is adjusting his game and is showing significant improvement in a short time frame over a four-game stretch on both ends of the court and is showing consistency in that improvement throughout the entire game, that is a huge positive takeaway from this series and should not be understated. Jaron Jackson Jr. arrived last night and had the game many of us were hoping that he had. And the fact that it's coming against the Utah Jazz in the playoffs without his three-point shot falling is a big indication that with a healthy offseason, Jaron Jackson Jr. will come back as a much more complete player than he was in his first or second season. And once his three-point shot starts falling, that's the Jaron Jackson Jr. we all have finally wanted to see turn his potential into productivity. Last night was a clue as to the type of player Jaron could be even without his three-point shot falling. And it made a huge difference for the Grizzlies to at least remain competitive in this game despite John Morant struggling at times. But Jaron's not the only indication that the experience gained for this Grizzlies team in this playoff series is happening now instead of just being there in the future. Coming up, going to point out a few other areas that show the Grizzlies are continuing to improve their approach towards these jazz, to, towards the Jazz that should provide encouragement that if they can play nearly a near-flawless game in Game 5, they still have the ability to extend this series past Wednesday night. First round of the NBA playoffs is almost here and gone. The first round of the NHL playoffs is pretty much over with the second round starting, and MLB baseball is two months into a season. It's an exciting time on the sports calendar, and I can tell you this, if, if betting and wagering on sports is part of what makes your fandom fun, I've got the one place that has you covered, and that's BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way for you to be able to wager on all your favorite sports action as fast as you can. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks experts. Again, head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus by putting in the promo code Locked On with your first deposit. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, what is causing fans to act like idiots at sporting events? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. On the surface, sure. You know, with how well the Grizzlies have played at times and how close they've been over the past three games coming off their Game 1 victory, being down 3-1 to one in this series on the surface certainly is disappointing. Because I do agree, earlier this week it felt like the Grizzlies could certainly take this game 
to take the series to six or seven games. But when Donovan Mitchell came back, the difference in talent between the Jazz and the Grizzlies itself cannot be understated. There is a significant gap, and that's nothing against Memphis. It's just where these teams are on the competitive timeline. It's obvious. It, it's, it's very obvious with the consistency of the Jazz, their overall depth, and just their ability to not beat themselves. You know, they did a bit in game one, but to not beat themselves, it's just it's it's a marvel to look at. It's easy to see why they've been the best team in the NBA this year. And that's just simply the case. The Grizzlies are a significantly less talented team than this Jazz unit. But as I mentioned in the first segment, the fact that this Grizzlies team is consistently finding different ways, not just the same way. They've had to find different ways because the Jazz adjusting is one of the things that makes them so good. The Grizzlies continue to find different ways to make this Jazz team have to play to their high level of you know, elite execution and, you know, you know, towards the top of the NBA, you know, consistency. The Grizzlies are having to, they're, they're, the Grizzlies are consistently making the Jazz have to play within the best version of themselves in order to get the wins in this series. And that, again, is a win in and of itself for this Grizzlies team. And so one of the things that we've talked about, and several folks have mentioned on national, on the national level, on the local level, is that one benefit from all of this for this Grizzlies team is the invaluable experience of having played in a playoff series against a team on the level of the Jazz, of having had this experience of knowing what needs to be done in the playoffs, knowing the level, the type of play that's going to succeed in the playoffs, so on and so forth. But this experience is not just something that's going to be meant to be, you know, it's not going to have its benefit two to three years from now in the future when the Grizzlies hopefully are hosting games one and two of a playoff series. That experience is paying off right now. We talked about it in the second segment with how Jaron has significantly improved. You didn't see this type of improvement from him in the regular season as the Grizzlies were playing G League level rosters and as they were playing, you know, games that really didn't matter, so on and so forth. But on a stage where the games matter against very tough competition, this is the toughest four-game stretch the Grizzlies have had all year long. And Jaron has shown significant improvement between Game 1 and Game 4, and that absolutely made all the difference in the world last night. Because the other thing where the Grizzlies are gaining experience, are gaining benefit from this series right now that will continue to help them into the future, is that last night is proof that this Grizzlies team can compete against anybody in the NBA even if John Moran is not on his Grizzly in terms of scoring, for lack of a better way of putting it. But it's proof that John Moran does not have to take over the game as a scorer for this Grizzlies team to be competitive. Number one, it shows that Jaw against the best competition in the league on the biggest stage. Once again, it shows Jaw can sit here and you know alter his game to where if the scoring opportunities are not there, if a shot's not falling, he can still add value by producing for his teammates. 12 assists last night. Once again, Jaw was a single source of at least 50 points directly between scoring and passing, and every bit of them was needed for the Grizzlies to be competitive. But other players stepped up. Jaron did. Yeah, Jonas Valanciunas did. Dylan Brooks continues his four straight game, 20 or more points. And the bench unit stepped up as well at the end of the first half. 
the Grizzlies were being outscored by the Jazz. 28-11 to in terms of bench points. But by the end of the game, the Jazz had only outscored the Grizzlies 38-30 to in terms of bench points because of the eruption of production that came from DeAnthony Melton in that fourth quarter. And that's another thing. That's the second thing besides Jaw being able to contribute in other ways besides scoring and the Grizzlies knowing that the team can step up to support Jaw if the opposing defense makes it a point to limit Jaw's productivity scoring-wise. That's the first big benefit or experience gain so far, and especially from Game 4. But the second big thing is the bench is improving. In Game 3, it was Grayson Allen's three-point shooting in the fourth quarter that supported this Grizzlies team catching back up and even taking the lead with four and a half minutes left to go against the Jazz. In Game 4, it was DeAnthony Melton stepping up and taking over the game, outscoring the Jazz for seven minutes within the fourth quarter. Now imagine if Grayson and DeAnthony Melton both could be on their games in Game 5. Perhaps Grayson Allen or Melton could be there to provide this shooting surge between the first and second quarter in the first half, and the other could do it at the start of the fourth quarter in the second half. You're much more confident that that could happen in Game 5 than you were when the Grizzlies were coming in even into Game 3 because of how much the bench had struggled. But because of of adjustments made by Coach Jenkins and his staff and remaining confident in his players, both Grayson Allen and DeAnthony Melton have stepped up and providing the shooting surges this Grizzlies team has badly needed for them to be able to at least catch up in these games. But of course, the big thing about this series is that it's been all offense, right? Despite how good you had two teams, two top six defensive teams coming into the series from the season. And yet it's been all offense. You know, each game, both teams have scored in uh, above 100 points. But the Grizzlies did make needed defensive adjustments last night when they had to. On, On a few different instances. By the end of the first quarter, The Jazz scored 34 points last night in the first quarter. That that continued a stretch of 11 quarters that started in the second half of Game 1. From the third quarter of Game 1 to the first quarter of Game 4, the Jazz went 11 straight quarters, scoring 25 or more points in each quarter. In eight of those 11 quarters, the Jazz had scored 30 or more points. The Grizzlies simply were just not able to get stops for long stretches that they needed in order to just in some way, shape, or form have the ability to either take a lead or get comfortably back in the lead or whatever it may have you. The Jazz were showing their consistency as an offense, and it was just hard for the Grizzlies to keep up. That's just the honest truth. But as I mentioned last night on Twitter, I felt for the Grizzlies to have a chance to win last night. Over the final three quarters of the game, they were going to have to limit the Jazz at least twice to 25 or less points, and that's exactly what they did. In the second quarter of last night's game, this Grizzlies team without Dylan Brooks on the court limited the Jazz overall to 25 points in the second quarter, and the Jazz only had a positive point differential of one point with Dylan Brooks and his defensive ability off the court due to foul trouble. That's a huge win for the Grizzlies. 
Now, yes, in the in the third quarter, the Jazz absolutely dominated the Grizzlies. It was back to being an offensive slugfest. Nobody could stop Donovan Mitchell. He was consistently getting to the line. Jordan Clarkson and others were supporting from three. The Jazz made tough shots. They played at their best. They played like the best team in the NBA, and you just have to tip your hat to them. But then the defensive adjustments came back in the fourth quarter for the Grizzlies. They held the Jazz to only 20 points in the fourth quarter. Just the second time in 16 quarters this whole series, the Grizzlies had held the Jazz to 20 or less points in a quarter. And that was the reason why the Grizzlies were able to come back through one player in DeAnthony Melton. So in multiple instances, when the Grizzlies had to get stops, when they had to at least somewhat limit this Jazz offense, they did. And you also saw improvements in recognition from some of the players, especially Jaron Jackson Jr. and Jonas Valanciunas, who at least three or four times in the second half were able to deny lob opportunities to Rudy Gobert as the roll man off the pick and roll because they recognized what was happening. There was even a couple of instances where Jaron was able to defend the ball going to Rudy, but also deny the roll man trying to get to the basket. Jaron completely shut down a play by himself. He shut down multiple options out of the pick and roll against the top pick and roll offense in the playoffs by himself multiple times in that second half. I know the blocks may not show it, but there were at least probably, I would say, six or seven shot attempts a lot of which were by Rudy Gobert, there were at least six or seven high percentage looks that the looks that it looked like the Jazz were going to convert that were denied by either Jaron or Jonas because of their ability to drop back effectively with great footwork and deny looks at the rim. So, these, so this experience, this benefit that we keep hearing that the Grizzlies will eventually, you know, reap the benefits of in the future, they're actually reaping the benefits of right now. And yes, it's certainly going to help them in the future. These three things that we talked about, being able to know that they can win on the biggest stage or be competitive on the biggest stage and possibly win without Jaw dominating as a scorer, knowing that their bench will be there to support them as adjustments are made through a playoff series, and knowing defensive adjustments can keep them competitive as well. All those things will benefit them in the future, yes. But that future starts Wednesday night. It's going to take the Grizzlies putting together nearly a flawless game if the Jazz offense continues to play like it has. But at the very least, with each game passing by, this Grizzlies team gains more and more confidence in more areas of its game that it can perform at high levels in those areas to put together the game that it needs to to stave off elimination in Game 5. So the benefit of all of this playoff experience, certainly it's going to be there in the future. Certainly it's immeasurable how much it's going to benefit this team going forward past this year. But I do feel we're going to see in Game 5 just how beneficial it's been that this Grizzlies team once again is going to step up to the plate. And while they may not win, they certainly are going to leave whatever lingering doubt there may be that they belong on their stage. They're certainly going to erase that, I feel, with another strong performance because of the growing confidence that they have to play with this Jazz team on a consistent basis. You can find the show at Locked on Grizzlies, myself at Stats SEC, the podcast wherever they're available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app. Thank you so much for joining us. 
for this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. We will be back with you to talk about all things going into Game 5 of this first round of the Western Conference playoff series and see if there is truly a way in which the Grizzlies can put together that full 48 of play to be able to stave off elimination and bring the series back to Memphis for Game 6. Hope you have a great day. Until then, we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.